Good morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You are going to love this one. It's one of my favorites. Uh, honestly, one of my favorites since I've been doing this. You know, I always I loved that Wham 1180 food and wine show that I did back in the day. I'd have to say since going full podcast and coming out of broadcast, this got to be one of my favorite interviews because Ronnie and Lizzie are just real straight. Like they are the legits small business entrepreneurs. They're legit. They're day in, day out, hustle, hustle hard, you know? Uh, and so I just, I love sitting with them. I'm in awe of them and uh, I love learning from them. I, the podcast, really, I, I think you know this. Some people say this to me every once in a while. My scam, the whole scam here is I basically use the podcast as an opportunity to sit with people I admire and learn from them. That's it. That's all. Before we get to Lizzie and Ronnie, a couple of quick things. One story I have for you that I, I think is a great story, and then also just want to mention, last night I had the opportunity to MC the Serenity House Spring Fling Fundraiser, basically their gala. Uh, Serenity House, if you don't know, it's in Victor, and it's this it's a literal house uh, where people who are terminally ill go to stay if they have a prognosis of less than 90 days to live. And... While they are there, it's like Make-A-Wish for the terminally ill. It's, um, you want to have chocolate for dinner? Chocolate for dinner. You know, they had a guy who wanted to go to the casino one last time. They got a limo and took him to the casino. Uh, a woman who there who liked strawberry martinis, they had strawberry martinis essentially on tap for her the whole time she stayed. One of my favorite stories was a woman who grew up breeding horses. Uh, one of her favorite horses Ended up getting donated to the Rochester police when she got sick. They found the exact horse and had the RPD drive the horse out to Serenity House in Victor so she could see the horse one last time. I mean, it's really like they just they take the end of somebody's life and they just refuse to say no. It's just anything you want. To, you know, to, to live out your final days. And, and I just think that it's beautiful. And so I emceed that gala last night and just to, just something not a ton of people know about. And I wanted to bring some awareness to it. So I wanted to mention that. I uh, also recently emceed the chef of the year thing at Genesee Valley Club. And that was that was a great event, too. Very different, you know, but but very, very good event as well. So the story I wanted to tell you is I mentioned this months ago on the podcast but it finally happened. I went to court in Buffalo, specifically the village of Kenmore, to fight my stop sign ticket. And I won. <laughs> I actually won. I beat my stop sign ticket. Basically, here's in a nutshell, uh, last December... I had a, a gig in Buffalo, a catering gig on a Saturday night. I leave the gig. I drive through Kenmore, and I get a ticket for uh, running a stop sign. Um, I did not even notice that I had run a stop sign, right? I went back after I get the ticket, and I looked, and I said, this stop sign is very difficult to see. It's at the corner of Delaware and crap. I don't know the other cross street, but if you're familiar with Kenmore, write me, and I'll I'll, I'll, I'll uh, look up the intersection and tell you exactly which one it was. But uh, but anyway, I, I went back and I was like, hey, this is, a, this is a difficult stop sign to see. So I had a hunch and I took some video. I took five minutes of video back on December 21st, which was my original court date where I pled not guilty. And the district attorney back when I pled not guilty was so confused. He's like, really? You want to go to trial over this? And I was like, yeah. You know, I think you have an obscured stop sign. So anyway... I took some video, and in the video, I had I saw of the 14 cars that went through that intersection, uh, four of them ran the stop sign on December 21st at 5.40 p.m., okay? So granted, it's dark out, right? Plus, when I got my ticket, it was dark out. Now, uh, this, this Thursday, this past Thursday, which is when I went for my quote-unquote trial, I also got there early and took some video. I took five minutes of video, this time daytime. 11 cars went by. Of the 11, one completely blew through the stop sign. Most of them stopped, and then you had some rolling stops, right? So in 10 minutes of video, I have five cars 
blowing through that stop sign. To me, that means there's an issue with this stop sign. And why was it worse at night? Well, it's because they have a light posted just above the stop sign. So I took some pictures as well. And when I went to to uh, trial on Thursday, I brought the pictures. I brought the video. I had also emailed the Buffalo News, who confirmed to me that this intersection is, and I quote, on their radar. <laughs> and I brought it all up in court. And the judge, you know, he seemed a little, he seemed kind of amused slash annoyed I guess I don't think they were really ready for me I mean they had some obviously they had some real trials to do you know there were some guys waiting behind me in like orange jumpsuits and handcuffs if you know what I'm saying so it was the type of thing where it was like I, I think they were just they were they were thinking what is this why is this happening why are we in trial for a stop sign so uh, you know the district attorney ended up recommending he, he said this is what he actually said to me he said um he said, I, I need to save face with my police officer. I cannot just drop this ticket. What I can do is I can take it down to a conditional discharge parking violation, uh, essentially a parking warning. No fine, will not be reported to your insurance, zero points on your license. It is as if it never happened. And I repeated to him, it's as if it never happened. And he said, it is as if it never happened. And I said, okay. I go, okay, I'll sign it. And I signed, and then as I was signing, I started to say, you know, I was really hoping to talk about you guys putting in an LED stop sign. And he goes, uh, the village of Kenmore needs a lot of things. An LED stop sign can go on the list, but it'll go at the end of the list. <laughs> but then I left, and I went, holy shit, I beat the ticket. It was a $500 max fine, uh, and it was $150 was what they originally offered me as like a you know, a plea deal. It was like, hey, if you pay $150 fine, we won't report this to your insurance and you'll get no points. Uh, and I ended up with zero points, zero insurance, zero fines. So I, I think that's a win. I, I believe officially it goes down as a parking warning, but it, it, I'll take it as a win. So not often you get to hear that. I fought the law and I won. I fought the law and I won. Of course, now this is bad karma. I'm about to get a speeding ticket any minute. <laughs> All right, to the podcast. La Petite Poutinerie is now open in Neighborhood of the Arts. Here to tell you how it all came to be, Lizzie and Ronnie. Enjoy. parenting mode so Par uh, i just i uh we were just talking about you have a three-year-old uh-huh what is your child's name <laughs> her name is ada a ada uh-huh that's a beautiful name a-i-d-a a-d-a it's short for adelina oh my god i love it mm -hmm. that's great i have a leo at home yeah and i was dying to tell you moments ago as we were talking about our kids <laughs> we're going through a phase uh-huh that my wife is going to kill me for bringing up publicly i love it go i've googled it because we google and sure, we make course. sure our kid isn't isn't different right that's all parenting and, is especially and, only children because i don't have a reference point she's the first in it so you know. yeah, yeah same for me <laughs> what's the face what have you called it he's saying violent things mm. isn't that scary can i give you the example Please. He, we, we were apparently. Here's what happened. I I only heard about the first part, but I witnessed the violent, okay. the violent thing. Okay, so <laughs> he's outside and he is about to run into the street, and a neighbor says, "Stop!" Right? Because he's a little kid about to run into the street. Yes. And my wife was kind of not paying attention for a second. Yep. Again, like it I happens. think I'm going to get crushed for this. Oh, it happens. We for like pretend sure. it doesn't happen, but it happens. Yes. And they're fast. So fast. They're fast. 
So anyway, the neighbor yells stop and he starts crying because he's been now he's been yelled at. Yelled he at. feels he's been yelled yeah, at. And by right? a stranger too. So. And we don't yell at him. So like he's never like a stranger. Exactly. But he knows this yeah. stranger. It's the neighbors like Mr. Paul or something. Gotcha. Right? And so we were inside and he's still kind of crying and he's talking about we're telling him, well, Mr. Paul was just trying to help you, Leo. Sure. You know, you were going to run into the street. It's dangerous. And he goes, I hope he's like, I hope Mr. Paul go in street, get hit by car. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> He's just applying newfound knowledge, really. That's all that is. <laughs> you think so? I think so. Yeah. I start Googling my toddler says violent things, and there's like a ton of results. People are like, it's kind of normal. Oh, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Because I think they, you know, they get a reaction. Obviously, they get a reaction. Whether you're yeah. laughing or trying not to laugh or like have terror in your eyes, they yeah. sense it and see it. Yeah. And then they're going to wait for that next opportunity to learn what the next violent thing is. Well, he one other time, too, like two weeks ago, he talked about he wanted a train to crash. He wanted a train to crash. Wow. So when he said the thing about Mr. Paul, I stepped back so he couldn't see me. And I looked at my wife and I mouthed. I go, I go, he's a fucking serial killer. <laughs> I said to my I, th- I think we have a serial <laughs> Well, it's funny because I, I tested it out um, because I, too... She sometimes she is a little like she'll hit and we got to talk about not yeah, hitting. hitting. Yep, yep. It's not okay. And we have dogs, so they the yep. poor things have gone through that ringer. Um, but you know how the serial killer like they wet the bed, like the top yeah. three things: wet the bed and torture animals or whatever. Yeah. Um. So I I actually dug up some worms to test if she would like crush them or not, and oh she didn't. God. So she's not a serial killer. Oh my god! I, lo- I love that know. you told me that because you make me feel so much better. Because yeah. like I was, I right, like I had the thought of it. My raising a serial killer. Well, but he's so sweet with the dog. Good. But he has hit the dog a couple of times. Sure, yeah. Because he doesn't. I don't think he thinks of the dog as a dog. I think he thinks of it as like his brother yeah, almost. For and sure. And so if the dog gets the toy that he wants, dog's got to get hit. I guess I, that's his. <laughs> that's his logic, at least. I guess. Uh, anyway, well, okay. thank you for doing. This. Well, uh, let me pose this. Let's get him yeah. in a ring together. We'll see what happens. Do you want to do it? I mean, we can't do to the death. I don't think our partners do you would think appreciate we could, that. But we, we could sh- do it's the the poutine lady versus the sauce guys kids. Oh wow! To see. Love it. Sauce versus gravy. Yeah, isn't I that like, like the I like yeah? It. I like it. I'm, by the way, this is what's supposed to be an interview on a podcast about poutine. Oh, poutine we're doing. But something. let me do a live sales pitch. Let's put gravy in a jar. That's all. I'm not here to sell. And this is not a sales pitch. I'm just saying. Come mm-hmm. Thanksgiving time, I feel like a lot of people would think that was kind of cool Absolutely. if their gravy was le petit poutine gravy. I agree, and we've been courting it for years and okay. doing it kind of on the slide. I want to get. We gotta right, get let's official. Let's go with it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Let's talk about le petit poutine. Yes. Um, we are sitting here right now. This is the old Glen Edith, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, right by Three Heads. People can Google where it is. 100%. Whatever. Um, but it's a. It's a big leap because, so we've talked to you before. We don't have to necessarily go through the whole background, but I do want to at least hit background. Sure. You tell me, who are you the day before Le Petit Poutine light bulb goes off in your head? What are you up to in life? Before? Yeah. Uh, I was out of college. Um, I was out of, I wasn't interested in PR. I went to school to, uh, for English Lit and Communications. That's where I met Ronnie originally. Mm-hmm. Um, college I, buddies. College buddies. Yeah. And we'll hear from Ronnie in a little bit. Too. Yes. She's 100%. sitting right here doing paperwork. Yeah. She's our <laughs> fact checker. If you say anything out of line, she'll let me know. Um, and I was working in a couple different restaurants, doing some different stuff, some production stuff uh, for the ravioli shop. And I was working at Rocco. And I just loved food. I knew the office wasn't for me. Uh, my brother and his girlfriend were moving home, and um, family memory like broken down bus side of the road doing poutine up in Canada. My dad's Canadian, and we just loved it. And we were like, they were moving back to Rochester, and they're like, there's just nothing like that. There's mm-hmm. nothing around like that. Um, so the three of us, uh, myself, my brother, and his girlfriend, were like, let's let's do it. So there's a fried dough truck at the market that we're looking to sell it. So we just kind of reconfigured it, used some friends to like help us weld some things and John Grieco at the market there mm-hmm. and uh, got it going. And we just did it at the public market and sold a lot of French fries, not a lot of interest in poutine. So gave it away. I was going to ask that. So how long did it take to educate the public on this is called poutine? We're yeah. going to put gravy on fries. I think that I think the um, the vehicle, like the actual vehicle of selling poutine, like the yeah. truck we yeah. still didn't have trucks in the city of Rochester doing street service. So I think that that kitschiness attracted people. Okay. So I, that that was a rough summer of Saturdays at the market. And then once we were able to, then I myself took poutine 
over because they had a young family and they didn't have a lot of time to kind of explore more avenues. Then Lux, then Brighton Market, and then we were kind of hitting the ground Why running. didn't you give up that summer? It was a tough summer. People didn't get what poutine was. Yeah, the I trucks weren't allowed in the city. Like, why didn't you say, well, we tried? I loved it. I mean, all, all I wanted to do is eat poutine. So thankfully, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thankfully, I just kept <laughs> wanting to eat it. And it was a cool scene. Like, I could just tell by like the it wasn't necessarily the quantity of people that were coming, but the quality of people that kept coming back. They were interesting people and they were coming pretty regularly. So and they're bringing people with them. To so you're like, like, this check is, this out. It this was is clicking with some people. Yeah, it made sense. Like it was it was becoming like a scene. Yeah. And people were talking about it. And then the request started to come in. And that's when Ronnie got on board. I was overwhelmed um, with requests and figuring out how I could physically do it all. And I couldn't. So then, you know, Ronnie jumped on board. And then we started asking friends and reeling people in and favors. And luckily at that point in life, you know, mid-20s, not a lot of people were married or have families. And they right. had availability and capability to jump on and help us out. And it just kind of took off from there. Yeah. 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 I've very similar i was lucky to be like in my mid-20s and like not married no kids yet yeah. and had the energy and the time and like if it was right. now i'm like i don't know if i would actually I definitely be able to would not have been able to do it no wouldn't have been able to do it no. um okay so then uh, you go and you are you're you revolutionize food in rochester not only do you bring poutine you bring trucks yeah. you do two things two big things most people are lucky to do one yeah. well most people are lucky to do zero you <laughs> most people would consider it great to do one you yeah. do two things you bring yeah. poutine and you bring trucks food yeah. trucks to rochester yeah the beginning of the food truck thing was yeah. just kind of left and right people telling you, no, you can't. You're not allowed to do that. Right? 100%. Yeah. There was no law. There were no boxes for City Hall to check. There was nothing established. Huh. And the one thing I've learned about government, and I don't know a ton, yeah. <laughs> I know just enough, um, is that if there isn't a box or a form, the answer is no. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you better keep digging. <laughs> yeah. You better keep pushing. Or you better get a couple tickets and get the cops involved to get the... To get the attention that you need to be able to find the right people to talk so to. So what was your breakthrough? Did you just go rogue and get a couple tickets and say, like, you know what? I'm just going to show up in court a bunch of times and yeah. make enough noise that they're like, we should do something about this. Yeah, you know, a little bit. I mean, we started doing locks without asking anyone or mm -hmm. knowing what the deal was. There was nothing as far as fire code or things like established yet. They had stuff for restaurants and they were trying to piecemeal it into how a truck could operate. But enough people were nervous enough and we were in front of locks we were going to brighton market and the customers i think helped support us enough where people are like this is what we want as a community mm -hmm. that they were essentially forced to deal yeah with the situation yeah you, you know? built a crowd yeah yeah, yeah yeah and then you know obviously um ronnie and i started the food truck alliance um, which kind of banded together people that were had similar interests that were trying to start food trucks, started swapping, like, here's the builder, here's some resources that we have, sharing it with people, and then, obviously, uh, power in numbers. So now there's a couple trucks. Now there's three trucks. Yeah. Brick and Mortar, Motor was one of them. Marty's Meats was one of them. We had a lot of people coming to the Brighton Market and asking, oh, I, I think I'm going to start my own truck. Can you give me some advice? And at the time, of course, we're working our butts off just because it's the two of us doing all these shifts. Um, but we ended up, yeah, kind of guiding or giving some information. And then in turn, they were like, well, it's, you know, we'd like to support the effort and then talking to the right city council people. And at that point, council was, um, how do I put this lightly? The people <laughs> had been in their positions for many a year. Um, set in their ways. Set in their ways. And I think ready to just coast out into retirement and they just didn't want to deal and with this was going to be work nobody wants to do work things. Yeah. yeah and yeah. they hadn't gone to dc i mean all the places that ronnie and i had traveled to to like look at those food scenes and how they operate and how they function with um parking locations and how that all works and rotation of trucks and things like that um so bringing the information back was kind of falling on deaf ears so yeah. it took a new surge of new city council people but also like really digging into the few people that were really interested to kind of help us through navigate through the the path that it took dude you guys are like you guys are definitely on the mount rushmore of rochester food <laughs> think about that like think about what you guys read this could be like sauce, man. 200 years from now 
like people are gonna literally look at you like legends. They're gonna be like, oh, the f- like, oh my god, like this, these these people that brought the like we're living in the olden days right now. They're gonna talk about the olden days when food trucks were brand new, and you're like the person. I the, just had my cart and my wares, and I pushed it along. Yeah, running peeling I, potatoes. We jokingly talk about um, people. We we call them ratchet stories because yeah. there are people like these lives and these like stories in embedded in a person that yeah. like they they tell so much about what Rochester is and yeah maybe we well, maybe we can become a Rochester story yeah. you are you are you don't th- <laughs> it's crazy because when you are it you don't think you're it but you are it trust me you are you're it too kind. um I have a client who freaking loves you by the way Ooh. it just occurred to me when you're talking about form of food truck alliances mm-hmm. Lloyd in uh, Buffalo they're your client yeah and they That's a big fish, they man. love I mean, you like we're really, big fans of them yeah well they they you know they look at you guys when they talk about the rochester food trucks it's both it's mostly like poutine and all the other trucks oh that's you know? sweet yeah <laughs> we consider them like our our buffalo brothers our, yeah i think they consider our buff you their, bros yeah um but they started the same year or a year after we started and i mean they just took a rocket ship to the moon what they're yeah. doing out there is some excellent excellent well thought out wild shit yeah 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 uh, okay so uh poutine we we know what happens next right so you you break down barriers all of a sudden right. trucks are everywhere yeah and poutine you you don't really you know you're the first truck and you are the first to make a name for yourself you don't really ever lose that spot i mean it's kind of it's interesting because if you think about almost like the standings of rochester food truck, you guys pretty much come in at number one and just stay there forever oh. um says you and i'll take it well yeah but, it, but really though and i mean it just it snowballs it snowballs it snowballs and I would imagine that from day two, people were saying, you should do a restaurant. For sure. Yes. I think, well, number one, people were like, why don't you do anything besides poutine? Okay, right. Right. right yeah. You just do French fries. Uh, but the people that get it, get it. Um, and then number two is, yeah, when are you guys going to open a restaurant? And, you know, honestly, it's the last, I don't know, six to eight years, we've been looking at real estate. I mean, behind the scenes, it wasn't something we felt we had to, like, alert the media to but it was something that we wanted to make sure was the right place um because we wanted everything under one roof so a lot of food trucks do a couple different things that we didn't really necessarily want to do rush it which we've never rushed anything in our lives we always try and think things out um full and long term um and two we wanted the trucks and the restaurant to all be under one roof so that being said like not having a separate commissary in a different part of the city or in a different township, um, then you're dividing. You have two rents. I mean, there's a lot of different right. reasons. So you're saying your tr- your trucks are parked right out back. You do all your prep right here. Yeah. Everything. So yeah. all the prep is yeah kept here under one roof, and our trucks are in a gated, fenced-in, very safe lot, like right not even a quarter of a mile down yeah. the road. So yeah. we're all close. We're all cozy, and and that's just what feels right. Did you us. have any almosts? I mean, this location sure. we mentioned at the beginning, but was there? Yeah. Several. Like, we almost bought a building. Really? The day before New York State shut down with COVID. Like no shit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Wh- like which we bu- lost can you say which lost- building it was? Yeah, sure. It's actually where Saucy Chef is now. Oh, no kidding. Yep. Oh, that's right. Because isn't is Saucy, is that the old Sticky Lips? Is that right? Or no, am so I thinking of the wrong So she was in thing? the back there, but oh. she just recently moved down Culver. What's the address? Oh, okay. 10, 10-11. Yeah. Oh, you own, did you? That's a little fun fact. You, yeah. you own the LLC for the, the oh no kidding really. We were I mean we were so close. We lost a little bit of. I mean I can say this now, but we lost a little bit of money because we were very far down the road. You had like a it. deposit down. Or we something. just had lawyers involved oh, right, and like right, all right. that stuff, and it was honestly like almost our signatures on the page, and then what spooked last minute COVID, COVID or man. COVID? Yeah, who, you guys were like, well, this is not the right time. Yeah. 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 I'm so I'm so thankful because the place that we're at now, while we don't own the building, um, we put a lot of I mean, f- if you come in and I hope you do, everyone, um, we put a lot of thought behind the design and, and the look and the appeal. And and now it's we can build the trucks here. here and, and yeah, yeah, we're in the neighborhood we've always been in. Our commissary was always right down the street here. So and Ronnie lives right down the street. I live with her in the house that she's in um, in North Winton Village. And it's just the place that we've always wanted to be. We did. Our first day of the year, always at Three Heads. We always threw a birthday party for Bo, our truck. Um, And it just feels right. You know, just when we got the space and we landed, 
and we had to sit on it because we didn't have a contractor. COVID was still kind of raging. We had to wait it out, but we knew this was the space that we needed to be. We got to sw- we'll switch to Ronnie in a second, yeah, but y- yeah. you um you guys work together. Did you just say you live in the same house or you live? Oh God, yeah, the- I've lived with Ronnie since. Oh, yes, used to. So do, are you guys one of those weird yeah, people sure. who just never fight with each other? Or do you like occasionally? No, we don't. You, I don't think have we you fight. had some headbutts in the over For the sure. day. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because like sometimes I, I was just talking to somebody and now I'm not going to remember. But they were like they literally I think it's a, it was a husband wife couple. Yeah. Who work together, live together, obviously. Oh, that's weird. And they were just like, we never have never fought. Oh, I know exactly who it was. It was my it was my sister-in-law's sister. And they are like hipsters who kind of travel the country and live in a van. Oh, wow. And they That's are intense. on top of each other Literally. 24-7. And I was like, don't you want to kill each other? And they were like, no, we've never had an argument in 23 years. I'm like, how the fuck is that possible? That's not normal. It's not normal to be around anyone for a long period of time without eventually getting annoyed with them. Like yeah. literally any human being. You have to. You have to. And in order to like progress... Yeah. You have to have different opinions. Your opinion your opinion has to be challenged from time your, to time. Your opinion has to matter to you enough yeah. Yeah, where yeah. it might not mesh with the other person's. It, I don't know, but those kind of conversations are what gets you to a different place. So if you're not having totally. any conflict, then you're not feeling passionate about what you're talking about and then well, why yeah. talk about it. You well, know what I mean? It's well, kind the, of yeah, a circular but the thing. other thing too, we were, we were kind of joking about it earlier before we started, but you can't just have people around you that are going to say yes to everything you say. Yeah. Because no. you're, you're nobody, no human being alive is right 100% of the right. time. You're going to have a bad idea at some point. Yes. You need somebody who's going to say, I don't know. And push you to explore why you're saying what you're saying. Yeah. Maybe it's just a feeling and it's not grounded in anything. Yeah. And what's the point in that? Now, as far as like arguments, I don't think we have arguments because I think we know our cues of like when we're annoying the other person <laughs> he's like you know what they're like quiet cues and it's like <laughs> totally. okay then you know it's just like a marriage <laughs> with your business partner you're able to kind of be like you know what i'm gonna step away for a few yeah. hours right now. but with your partner at home <laughs> every once in a while you're like you know what let's do it i'm let's going rage. in i'm going in yeah <laughs> 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 we could be a little more civil um yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we lived we lived together for a long time. We you know lived in three different locations and and lived with two other people and super super good friends. And, yeah. You know we've all kind of gone our other ways, but okay. I had a lot of fun. All right, yeah. so we're at the point where you guys basically buy get this building. Yeah. Let's switch over to Ronnie. Ronnie. Um, the this this is my problem because I only have two microphones. Um, so I'm sorry, but Lizzie, thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> Ronnie. Hello. Hello, friends. Hello. So what have you been working on this whole time? We've been, you've just been uh, sitting here. I'm redesigning our catering menu for the truck with our new branding. Nice. So we've been kind of uh, booking some more catering events, and I'm working on old menus, and our graphic designer would be like, no, don't do that. So I'm trying to <laughs> create something cohesive, which has been on my list. So just it's like all the little things of getting the place up and going and then, you know, trying to be like, oh yeah, here's another hole that we yeah. gotta fill in real yeah. quick. So. And then yeah. they're nonstop, right? The holes yeah. are, there's always like the next thing that you're like, we yeah. gotta, we were supposed to do it two weeks ago. It's not done. Yeah. Um, okay, so in the story, we kind of got to the point where you guys, you almost went into 10-11. It didn't yeah. happen. Yeah. COVID happens. Mm-hmm. I imagine at that point, you guys go, oh, maybe we shouldn't do anything right now. This seems scary. Yeah. We it, take a minute. It's we funny. Yeah, because you were just talking about like if we fight or not. And yeah. uh, I think what's really good about the, like, the partnership that Liz and I have is that we can talk about this stuff. And mm. and I, I mean, ultimately, when people are fighting, they're either, I don't know, a lot of times like that comes from fear, right? So like we've gotten pretty good, I think, at being like, okay, like the COVID thing, we're like, what do we do? This is a make or break. This could be a big decision, you know, and we want to make it together, you know? Uh, so like those are conversations that we can have. And when we had that one, it was like, yeah, if we get this building, it's it's new. It could have a lot of costs. It could have all these things we don't know about. Um, so we kind of decided to back out of it. And then the rest of that year was just like trying to, f- like everybody, figuring out what works and accepting the fact that sales were going to be down and that safety was going to be the number one important thing and just what kind of working what, through it. What a terrible turnaround, though. And I, the only reason I bring this up is because, like, obviously you guys – are fine you're gonna be fine mm-hmm. but like what a you're about to open a, a restaurant you have a location covid yeah. hits not only is that now not going to happen yeah but just thinking back to march of 2020 now you're also looking at this going shit we might not even be able to run our food truck this summer we don't even yeah. know we might literally just not have it i mean 
damn i'm sorry yeah no it, <laughs> i'm sorry I to mean, even bring this up i feel COVID, like you guys are about to kick me out no COVID is such a funny thing too because i think everybody had a really hard year with covid yeah. you know and then now obviously extended even more so sometimes i feel bad like talking about my own hard time with it but yeah there was everybody, definitely you're right everybody. i remember talking to you on the phone about it and then calling the attorney and being like what are our options with the building and then yeah and it was like we we're just watched all of the events on our calendar so we spent you know when we were closed the trucks are closed during the winter our our history has always been every winter we close we book events starting january 1st and i just watched the entire calendar clear out you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and it really was one of those things where i was like maybe we're never going to get a building. And if we're never going to build, get a building, I know that I can't only do the trucks. You know, we just, the limitations are such that we knew we needed to expand and, and the business. So yeah, there was, it was difficult, but it was also like everybody was feeling that pain. So course, I think everybody yeah. was just sitting in their houses, like with um, hand sanitizer, like just freaking out Can separately. I ask you guys a question though, because I, you guys are entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and because you're entrepreneurs, you're just sort of on 24 seven. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was the first time in a long time that anyone has ever told me, just go home for a while. Just go home and yeah. just sit at home for a little while. Was there any part of that that was good where you were like, Oh my God, I'm going to actually have a weekend where I don't have to go hustle for an entire weekend. Any part of that or was it no? I, yeah, here's the part that was good for me is, um, we, again, our, our, the trucks are very cyclical. So every January 1st, we start booking and by April 1st, we're open and we're always doing lilac in May and jazz in June and festivals. And, um, I walked so much around my neighborhood because nothing was open during COVID. There was nothing going on. No one was visiting each other. I walked around, I walked for miles and miles around the city and I was like, wow, I'm noticing stuff in my neighborhood that I've never been home for because I'm not a gardener because I'm never home during when you put gardens in in the spring. And my neighbors will attest probably enthusiastically that my yard is crazy until like July 1st and then I mow everything. (laughs) But it's yeah. So like that was kind of nice to be able to walk around and like see things and, and like experience spring, I guess, like in a way that wasn't like filled with diesel fumes and French fries. Yeah. So. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I felt it too. It was like that. There was a Saturday. It was Saturday nights that yeah. where I was just like, you mean I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stay home. I don't have to switch out of my sweatpants. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna stay home, make dinner, and literally just be with my family. It was kind of yeah. there was moments that were kind of nice. Yeah, and I know for yeah. Liz, I mean, she could say this herself, but it was right around the time that um, Ada was learning to walk, and I know that she spent a lot of time home for that, mm-hmm. which was exciting because mm-hmm. I mean, I think that. Yeah, that was a yeah. silver lining because she got to see it and not, you know, like those are with kids, as you know, like they change so quickly that it's like, yeah. you know, you don't want to miss any of it. And so yeah. that there there definitely were some some silver linings to that. I also got to spend a little bit more time, you know, once things eased up um, with my family a little bit, like my parents, um, which was good. And so, you know, just yeah. it, it was weird, though. It was a weird time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's for sure. Okay. So that, that period of time kind of goes and you eventually, obviously where we're sitting now, it happens. Mm-hmm. What was the first, I always like to say light bulb moment, but what was the first moment where you heard like, oh, that space, that one, the, the old Glen Edith, that that's available. We should look at that. I don't know if I remember. Oh, uh, somebody we know, a mutual friend um, in the business community contacted Liz. And I remember saying to her like, so Derek Ritter was our uh, real estate broker, and he is the man. He legit put up with us for like five years while we looked at every <laughs> place in town that could fit, you know, a retail location and food trucks out back. And it just patient, never lost, like never. It's he's a saint. He's better than I am. But he. So I said, well, let's call Derek and have him look into it. But there's, it's probably already taken. I mean, there's no way that space is going to be available and maybe I was like a little defeatist at this point but I'm like we had just looked at so many yeah. and then they go quickly or a lot of times they go before they even the word is out on the street you know so um but we came and looked at it and then we got to talking to the landlord a bit about like his vision for this area and I mean I was actually I was genuinely surprised when we got to the signing stage because we had been right before the signing stage at least three other times releases and the one purchase and when we when we got there I was like 
oh my god we just got that but that spot is so cool like yeah. <laughs> we just got like a good location did you know was there uh, were there other people like right on your heels looking at this or, or did they not even tell you that i would imagine they, yeah. they didn't tell us that but we did hear again like okay. it's a small community we kind of heard people saying like and it's funny because we try and keep everything quiet yeah, yeah. <laughs> like on our says, end. oh you know who's looking at and the somebody's like you know who's looking at the same space as you and we're like how did you know that yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah we did hear that there were some other people kind of taking a look but um uh, yeah, it was exciting. And it was definitely when we were talking about being afraid, like during COVID and like trying to make decisions. This was one where coming from where our commissary was before, we had a very, I'll call it a reasonable rent. And it went up a lot over the years, but it was still very reasonable because the site was like you couldn't have customers yeah. in there. It was right. not for retail. Um, but this was one of the things with that even though the price was scary, we were like, well, this, you know, we're going to do a big upgrade and this is what this kind of location costs and so we were just like all right all in let's yeah. do it so hip, hip neighbor honestly though too yeah. this, this neighborhood so freaking it's awesome yeah. perfect honestly couldn't think of a more perfect spot yeah and i mean we our old commissary was a a half a mile down the road and we or maybe three quarters of a mile down the road and we always wanted to we love that neighborhood and we love the walkability and so like just finding this like just up the street was i mean it was really like I said, I was like, yeah, there's no, I was like, there's no way this is going to all the way go through. So we'll just won't get too excited. And then it was like, oh shit, well, do we have enough money for this? Can we make this happen? Can we do this? You know. <laughs> well, the, I don't mean to go out of order, but um, the, the story Lizzie said about how she started with her brother and yeah. it, what, she ends up calling you then like, you know, a few months or maybe a year later or whatever, just yeah. a, a little bit after she had started. Did you know about the poutine what she was up to before that like had you gone there just as a customer and been like yeah, this is pretty cool is he my old college buddy started a poutine truck yeah because we were roommates at the time it was me and liz and we oh, had okay. two, and two so, other people live yeah. with us and um we so we were kind of watching her do it step by step we went to the soft opening and, and i remember being like what's poutine and she goes gravy fries and, ch and cheese and i go oh I don't know if this is a Rochester thing or not, but I've heard people call it, call them wet fries, like, which is just fries and gravy. And I was like, Oh, I eat that all the time. Or I used to, you know, but I didn't know it was like uniquely Canadian. So mm -hmm. I had a, I was printing t-shirts at the time. That was like, I had a little workshop and I was doing an entrepreneurial gig and, and printing t-shirts. And then I was having the opposite problem of Liz. So as the truck started to catch on, um, she was getting more and more, customers and dates and she had to say no to them because she'd be like well I have to work my day job that makes money and or day job her restaurant job and uh she was saying no to jobs and I was like hurting for customers and I was like this is so hard for me to watch mm -hmm. so then I kind of I feel like I insisted a little that she say yes to some of those requests and I was like I'll help you you know um and then it, yeah it kind of snowballed from there yeah. so yeah Okay, so the let's go back to you guys are now you're open. you got your spot. Yeah. And now it comes time to well, how are we gonna do this? Obviously you're gonna serve poutine. But what else? Like how do we round out the edges of this thing? We're gonna do the fry I just had the fried bologna sandwich, by the way. Fantastic. Oh, nice. yeah. yeah. But you're like, okay, so what are the other things? How do you decide what you're gonna serve beyond poutine? She said people asked her for years, Oh, are you gonna do anything yeah. other than poutine? Finally you're like, Fuck fine, yes, we'll do something <laughs> other than yeah. poutine. How we do you put together the menu? We had been kind of thinking of this menu for a while. So we had been running sandwich specials from our kitchen of things that we had wanted to put on the menu. The fried bologna is a Liz sandwich. She used to eat that in college and when we were roommates. And we definitely changed it a bit for here, but it's like the bones of it are still, that's yeah. her go-to. <laughs> meatloaf melt was like my first job. I worked at a diner and I've never had a meatloaf melt anywhere else. So I was like, we need to put that on. So we, we kind of just had already been thinking of things that we wanted to eat that you can't, we couldn't get on menus elsewhere. Um, then when we, so that was like over the years, just chatting about it and over the previous year, test running some of those concepts to see if people wanted them. Um, but then when we got in here, we actually hired, um, our, our, um, kitchen manager, Brandon, we brought him on because he has a lot of experience. And, and when he came on, it was like, okay, we know we want a few sandwiches. We know we want some little snacky things here are the bullet points here's what we've already come up with and then like kind of the three of us together as well as alex who works in the kitchen with us the four of us really honed in drilled down tested stuff figured out what would look nice thought about pricing and and like that was exciting the day that we did menu shots and it's slightly scary because it was like two weeks before we opened but Brandon had said I feel like I finally got it and I was like that scares me it's very close <laughs> to opening but I think it was a good it was like all four of us were looking at it 
on plates and on the table and we're like oh yeah i think people are gonna like this this is what we're picturing what about you mentioned figuring out pricing what about the fact that we're living in literally the hardest time ever to figure out pricing yeah because you set your prices and then and you get your margin you want and then you look back two weeks later and you go, oh the margin's prices gone because uh, yeah. prices are up on everything yeah but. i think two things two things that i think have worked out well for us um and, and they're not necessarily really even up to us is just our customers have been on board i think that people see yeah. prices are rising and they like the food quality yeah um and so we haven't had a lot of pushback but it, it is an adjustment i mean for sure in addition to that wages it's like just a few years ago wages were much different and so like i think we're all getting used to this stuff on both the customer and the purveyor and together and hopefully people have been fairly forgiving um i think the second thing is something that was by design for us which is the indoor experience here is a bit different from the truck. So I'm hoping that people understand that like, you know, the food that we're preparing is, is, um, high quality and it's homemade comfort food. And I think when they come in here, they feel that in the space. So it's not like we're like, here's a paper plate and a, you know, sloppy hot dog and that'll be $18. Like, you know, we're, we're trying to create the unity, but yeah, prices are rising and it's a very real thing. And when I was printing t-shirts a million years ago, somebody said to me, it was helping me with my pricing. And they said, um, cause at the time it was like every screen printer would charge you a screen free fee. And, but, and it, they were like, don't make your customers try and understand your world. They don't want to understand your world. Just give them a price. That's what they understand. And so we, I feel that a lot. Like I don't want to like be griping to people about like the price of pork or bacon no. or, you know, why chicken wings are expensive. They can read the paper, but it's true and it's hard and none of us want to you know swallow that pill <laughs> i think it was a great le- business lesson just now that you gave us because that's you, you just you keep your quality high because there's been some people i think who have said my answer to this will be to sacrifice my quality to try to keep my price yeah. but i think you got to keep your quality and sacrifice your price and yeah you know, right yeah uh, the other way around is just that's how you start getting a shit name for yourself is, yeah. is sacrificing quality well and that's it is a good lesson but it's also a basic lesson like when we started with the food trucks and we were trying to get, like Liz was mentioning, trying to get the city to understand what we were doing and why we should be allowed to do it, you know. Um, Other than the fact that constitutionally they can't favor one business over another, which they also had to understand their legal department helped them with that. Um, (laughs) You guys are awesome. But... (laughs) Um, no, but it's it's the quality. It's like, you know, they kept saying, well, what about the hot dog vendors? And we're like, well, tell them to put a new sandwich on their cart. Like, you know, and I'm not picking on a hot dog vendor, but yeah, if we if we do the same thing forever, if, if we start making cheaper gravy that tastes worse, I would expect people to drop off. If we sell frozen fries, I would expect that to change, you know, but quality is the thing that is, is the one thing that's always within our control as as business owners right like yeah oh yeah no matter what business you're yeah. in that's the one thing that you can always control when and, you and can't control other factors and i don't know your price or your margin or what it was the traditional is what 14 bucks so you <laughs> traditional get is 950 950 sorry <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> no it's okay but, yeah as of tomorrow night but 950 but what you just said right if you did if you did frozen fries if you did like pre-bought cheap ass gravy or something like that like all of a sudden maybe it's seven dollars but now your customers are like well less happy this isn't what it is anymore this isn't the same poutine yeah um so you uh, oh the other cool thing i wanted to ask you about was at the very beginning of you guys opening to what i loved was how secretive it was the joint was <laughs> you guys had like didn't you have it like we had paper on the windows yes. for like six months yes and and people i think kept on trying like every reporter my dumbass <laughs> is trying to podcast with you guys like everybody's like and how many people did you actually let in the door during the the renovation stage uh contractors parents did you have a no pictures rule for contractors yes. and stuff no pictures, no we social did. media. Yep, yep, yep. No one's allowed to take pictures. And even our social media and stuff, we tried to like keep it vague. Yeah. Um, which is, fu- yeah, I was just having a funny, we posted like a, a closely cropped picture of uh, somebody on a ladder. And uh, the keep comments it. were all like, that's an OSHA violation. They're on the top rung and it's not secured. And I was like, Jesus, we're, you know, uh, even yeah. though we're trying to be secretive <laughs> and stuff, I'm like, I don't know what we can post. <laughs> <Can't win. laughs> um, and the color, you know, like this pink and green scheme is new because we did a full brand. We did like a, we were going to just do a little refresh and we kind of did a full rebrand. And um, so we, we posted for the two weeks prior to opening everything in black and white because we wanted to show people what was coming, but not like, yeah. We're a little extra, but you know what? It, it was the culmination of a long, you a long right. thing coming, so we were excited. <laughs> yeah, no, you do it right. You totally do it right. 
So you open, and I would imagine you knew you were going to be supported, but there's got to still be jitters, right? Oh, yeah. Opening day jitters. Yeah. And how did it go, opening day? Opening day went really, really well. I mean, I was we had two soft openings. Um, so we opened on a Friday. We had a soft opening for family on Wednesday, and then, like, friends on, um, on you know, Friday. like, little – the yeah. next circle like friends and family um, any kinks anything like um, on the Thursday. wednesday you're like we don't have napkins we forgot to buy napkin anything like i i think just very small things like uh like cooking and, and just figuring out the flow of getting food out here but even where do we put all the flowers because people were so nice and bringing us like gifts or like flowers and cards i think the biggest hiccup was um and i have a little video man i, I kind of want to post this online but i don't it's it's a video of us here tuesday night at like, I think Liz left at like one. I think I and Jason, uh, somebody, our interior designer left at like 2.30. But it's me taking a video and I'm like, well, it's 14 hours before we open. I don't know if it's gonna happen. And this place is, no exaggeration, a goddamn disaster. <laughs> Boxes, lamps that need to be installed, cables everywhere, <laughs> uh, tape, like just, it was really scary, and I remember going home and being like, I don't even know why I'm going home, yeah. other than if I go in there, I'm, you know, you hit that point where you're like, well, nothing's happening. I'm not going to be doing anything, so I need yeah. to at least sleep and re restart. Um, so that was a little scary. I think Wednesday was a whirlwind of, like, everybody we know and love just helping us. Like, Liz's uncle mopped the floor five times in a row because it was so dirty from all these weeks of... But then when we opened, it was like everything was manageable all the other the little things hiccups were like so little and manageable and we had you know if it were just Liz and I it would have been a lot more stressful but we had Brandon who I mentioned earlier and Alex who's been on our truck for five years she's worked with us and like the four of us together it made it very smooth um if it were just the two of us yeah it would have been a little bit like crazy isn't it amazing when your family like they come through like the uncle mom oh my the, gosh right they show up right yeah um this uh, one of my favorite little things that uh it actually could make me tear up even bringing it up was Aww. when uh we got when we started our manufacturing plant yeah now we actually have a plant and my mom the first time she came to visit she's you know she's happy and she's seen it and then at one point like i just look over and she has grabbed a broom and she started oh. just <laughs> like like sweeping a little yeah. bit of the, and it was just like she just wanted to help yeah. She just wanted to do whatever she, she just starts that. Oh yeah. God. It like chokes me up even to think about it. that was so yeah. sweet that she wanted to like do sweep something, my, sweep the floor in the factory. Yeah. Oh, all right. Sorry. No, my dad installed the sound in here, the speakers and stuff. Yeah. And that was cool because I'm like, I didn't want to stress him out and stuff, but he, uh, he offered and then he was in here talking to the contractors and it's like, it's, it's awesome to have everybody have a little part like, I mean, yeah. all the people that we worked with on this, I was just texting uh, Leah today who did our mural and is going to do some more mural work for us. And I was saying to Liz, I'm like, I just feel like we spent like a month. It was like boot camp <laughs> or summer camp with like her and, you know, our contractor and these different people. And now you're like, oh, guys, <laughs> my we family. need a reunion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. so, all right. So uh, now it opens. Day one goes by. It, everything goes fine. Been open now for how long exactly? Uh, almost eight weeks, I think. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Almost eight weeks. Quick, yeah. How has the eight weeks been? Has it been a whirlwind? Are you still? Are, are you there? Do you think you're, you're cruise control yet, or is it still just like no? Every day? We continue to be surprised by. <laughs> it's so funny because it's not like, like we're not inventing restaurants. Clearly, like <laughs> everybody and their brother opens a restaurant, but we've been on the truck for so long. We have everything so streamlined there that we're like, what? eight people it takes eight people to run this place every night on the truck you can you can actually only fit four people so we continue to be surprised by like some of that stuff um do you have any good cluster fucks yet like just things that went completely uh, wrong hot water heater broke uh Uh, you know we had cold water like after one hour what else there was a couple like and it's funny i feel like we're just getting so much better at just dealing like dealing with it and moving on that I've forgotten these things. I'm sure Liz would know every emergency we've had. But every I'm time like, something breaks, like it's, it's just. But like, you know, you almost you do. You become immune to it. You're just like, well, just that like, broke. And down. next, fix it next. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, totally. But no, I mean things things are definitely going good, and and I'm glad that we opened when we did because I think if we had opened in the spring, it would have been 
complete whirlwind disaster or, or you know what I mean? Like crazy. Um, just too, almost too much. Too much. Too much business. when yeah. it's warm, people want to get outside and yeah. we know, we know that everybody knows you're going to be out spending money and wanting to drink and hang yeah. out, which is great. But this is like kind of the training wheels time and it's given us a chance to sort some stuff out, even like looking at menu items, what's working, what hasn't popped off yet. Like it's, it's been good. It's been a good learning How long experience. do you give something that's not working before you say we, we tweak? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. We're eight weeks in. We were actually just talking about um, our cheese plate yesterday, which people may not realize we have a cheese plate with multiple types of cheese cheese from eight weeks ago. back then. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Some crostini, some pickled uh, veggies on there. It's very good, Um, but it hasn't really hit yet. So we Uh were we were talking about, but we're, we're going to, you know, let it go a little longer. Um, quarter. What, quarter is 13 weeks. All right. Yeah. Better get the cheese plate. Lo- let's at, uh, let's Le see Petit people Petit. and get <laughs> this cheese plate or we'll, I wish we I might, known. I would have ordered it today. We might Damn. reformat and do something different, you know? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. All right. What I miss? Well, future. I mean, are we sitting in the future or are you actually, are you guys like, no, this is it right now. Or are you actually still thinking about like, okay, what's next? Um, Yes and no. Okay. I'm. We're only thinking about this right now. We're we're trying to get through this first summer of restaurant, finding out what customers love about here, what they like, what they want to see more of, all that kind of stuff. Trust and the trucks are coming back. back. So so we've got an event tomorrow, and then next week it's going to be like whew, weekends are busy for us. So this first summer of running both the trucks and the restaurant, which are two very different businesses, um, is the no part. The no, we're just thinking about the present. The yes part is. Every time, because this is a bigger undertaking, we're doing things like really looking at our staffing procedures and wages and and projecting what that looks like in the future as we hire and onboard more people, costs and margins and what that looks like. What did we actually spend on building this? Every time I'm doing something like that or Liz is doing something like that, we're thinking, okay, well, so for next that we catch ourselves saying like for the next one or for something in the future. And then it's like, we're so we're kind of gathering all that knowledge so that, you know, like if opportunity knocks, we're ready to make a prepared decision totally. um, versus just like flying by the seat of your pants kind of stuff. I wanted to share the the clusterfuck story with you. One of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Do you know Marty's? Oh yeah. Fuck story. Oh well, about, you, you might have to be a little more specific. I don't know if <laughs> first you can hear Liz ever, laughing. <laughs> first, his first gig ever. He shared. It's been. It's literally been a few years, but like yeah. he shared it on the podcast. Okay. Um. But apparently, like I don't know anything about food trucks, but apparently, obviously, like the doors need to be latched on like the refrigerator or something. Oh yeah. His wasn't. Ooh. So he said first he turned <laughs> on like his first turn. It was just. <laughs> everything and then also like he had four menu items and one was a cheeseburger and they just didn't bring the burgers (laughs) (laughs) oh please we've had that we have three ingredients fries cheese gravy get to the site there's no cheese i I can't even express i can't even express no well here's a funny marty story and i mean there were witnesses so it's not like i'm telling a secret but we did uh an event on east end and there were food trucks on east end uh east sav Marty's truck was parked down there. We were in a parking lot or something like that. They had places somewhere else, but um, they opened their service window um, because I think the festival had said, you know, go ahead and get set up. Well, they hadn't closed the street. They hadn't actually closed the street yet. So if you can picture this, the truck is parked against the curb, but with the service window in towards the street Um, and a school bus drove by and ripped the service like window right off. Yes. Um, so one of his guys comes over to our truck and he's like, he's like telling us what happened. And we were like, wait, what? We're just like lighting our fryers. And I said, what, what did it feel like? And he goes, <laughs> Ronnie, what do you think it felt like? It felt like there's a train running through there. He's like, there's wood everywhere. It's, it was a huge, it sounded like an explosion. Oh I was like, oh my God, dude. So anyways, while this is happening and I'm going to bust balls because they probably aren't listening, but Monroe County Health Department is, they're, um. They're a team. They're a special team over there, and they have some, some. I don't know. Anyways, uh-huh, uh-huh. somebody from uh, their department at the time, who was probably long since retired, was trying to get on the truck to do their um, inspection. Do their inspection, yeah. you know, because when they're just a little unaware sometimes, and they need to do what they need to do. And Marty was like, "Bro, look around you. <laughs> We're not serving food today. Like, what <laughs> world do you live in? Like, just awesome, awesome uh-huh. stories like that. This is. I'm, 
I'm hoping we don't have those kinds of stories in here, really. No, uh, no, no. Food no, truck no. stories are a different level. You know what always strikes me about festivals? Because I do them too, but in a much different capacity yeah. than you do, just with the jars and stuff. But it always strikes me that the health inspector shows up when it starts at like 10. Like the festival starts at 10, then works their way down and doesn't make it to the other end till like 1130. And yeah. it just occurs to me that like the that some people are just literally just have not yet been inspected and they're just... You could, serving because yeah. i've seen them stop because i've saw, seen them stop people before yeah you ever, you ever see i think we've all seen like the shady looking food cart that shows up with the guy oh, yeah. that you're like how did they even let that guy in yes. here and and then all of a sudden and i remember one very specific instance where there was that the guy who had the shady looking food cart who i'd never seen or heard of and i was like how does this even happen and he got shut down <laughs> When the health inspector See, got there. Normally what happens is we watch them from our mostly very, very clean, well-kept truck uh, while the health department is like, you have one thing out of place here. And we're like, mm-hmm. just looking at the dirty hot dog guy. Like, but how? Yeah, how did that? How yeah. are you mad at us yeah. right now? Or yeah, not yeah. mad, but you know, they have a job to do and stuff. But yeah, we know. We know the, the dirty hot dog guy. Yeah. Listen, I, I've I, the, seen him. The manufacturing side of my business, like I, that was a pre-existing business that I actually purchased that business. Yeah. They were in the back of a pizzeria with that looked like you couldn't even believe they were making food in this joint. Yeah. And we moved into a brand new building. And, and all the same inspectors, because I'm FDA, USDA, right. eggs and markets, slightly different than you. Every inspector comes and just busts balls. Just busts every freaking ball they could bust. We're fine, but yeah. just everything they could. And the whole time, I'm just looking, I'm going like, they, you, the last location yeah. looked like there were dead bodies in yeah. it. Like, what are you talking? This is a brand new building. I, I'm, I don't want to be a one. I'm like, feel like this is a one-upper thing, but yeah. I'm agreeing with hit you. Me, hit me. I worked at a place that is no longer open. It has nothing to do with poutine. So I don't even want to imply that. No one gets scared. Um, Was not our business. Where an ag and um, markets inspector killed a live mouse during our inspection. Oh, my God. Like saw it run across the counter while we were talking, grabbed something, and went whack and killed it. (laughs) And we still passed the inspection. Oh, my God. I mean, I mean, we, because I worked there, I guess, but like I was trying, Liz worked there too. We were trying our hardest. Um, but yeah, you know, you leave a dry towel on the countertop here and it's, and it's, it's like, we don't know if we don't know yeah. if we should let you. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It, you know what? It keeps us all honest. It keeps us all working hard, but we got the power trippy ones too, who the towel, the towel is on, is sitting where it's not supposed to sit. And all of a sudden it's like, I'm not sure. How do I know you're not leaving towels all the time <laughs> next to the sink instead of right on the sink? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure we can. Oh, like, oh it's yeah. real. It's yeah. a real thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Real. Well, thanks for doing this. <laughs> <laughs> what did I miss? Did I miss anything? What should we you talk know, about? I think you didn't miss anything, but I was just thinking I'll hand this over to Liz, too, if she has a story. I was thinking... Again, when you were talking about, I know I brought this up before, you were talking about if we get along all the time or if we yeah. fight. And I was just remembering one time we had a fight where um, I I picked a fight. I got really mad at Liz about something. It was like a couple of years ago. And I was like, well, you went off on your own. I think you were looking at new locations or something. I go, you went and looked at those properties. You didn't even tell me. And I was all butthurt because like, you know, I thought she was doing something behind my back. And I like was flipping. You know, this is kind of the way that we argue, I think. I get all hot about something and then she goes she waited and she was like yeah because the last time we talked about this you me Ronnie she's like you said there's no need for both of us to duplicate work why don't you take care of that on your own and if it's worth it come back and tell me and we'll go see it together and I was still so mad I was like well obviously I didn't remember that until you said it right now so and I just had to like Yeah. yeah like calm down uh-huh. But yes, then we have a um, mandatory show of affection because I used to work in an office that was all men, and they had gone to some like man camp business training, and they had like a like oh, everything. That was a thing. Oh yeah, mandatory show of affection. Oh yeah, and it was like so they had this lingo for every single thing, which is kind of great, but it's also like just broken down to it. It's like men talking about feelings for the first time ever. <laughs> but so you would have like a clearing, and you would like a clearing is like when two people come together and they both give their side of the story and then they you know oh my god it's you know whatever it's like working communication right 101 <laughs> but at the end yeah you, you know you take your pants off you get comfortable um but at the end you have to have a mandatory show of affection and that could be 
a hug, a handshake. It's whatever your comfort level is. Fist bump if you're still mad. So yeah, I'm always like mandatory display of affection. <laughs> and then we either hug it out or fist bump it out or whatever. The, so. the, the communication piece is big though. It is yeah. big. And I, you're right. I think like men for some reason are so like, <laughs> we're so fragile. <laughs> we're just, <it's, laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, what about the, uh, the general roller coaster i always bring it up i love bringing it up and i do this for therapy for myself because i experience this and i need to know on other entrepreneurs experience this so do you experience the emotional roller coaster of we are taking over the world no we're not i don't think we're gonna make it we're back to taking over the world (laughs) back to i think we're gonna go out of business back to we should open seven locations because this is going so amazing Cut yeah. back to, oh my God. For sure, sh- of course. Okay, that happens? Okay, good. That's 100%, not just 100%. I think I've, over the years, because I am super emotional, like that's how I function and yeah. that's how I've made decisions and I'm trying to get better at it. I make myself go to sleep and wake up. And if I feel the same way, then I will say it out loud. <laughs> that's smart. I like that. It's, it's like, don't go to bed mad, but like go to bed with your insane thoughts. And then if you still have those insane thoughts, share it with someone. Well, email draft too. I do, I do the same oh. thing for, yeah, do it, write it, but, but don't send it, save it, come back tomorrow, yeah. read it again and go, oh, I am so glad I didn't send that. Yeah. This is Ronnie again. Liz and I are both, but Liz especially is on a strict 24 hour email draft version uh-huh. <laughs> because otherwise it'll be crazy. But I will say when Liz, when we get excited about stuff in here too, though, um, like in this location, um, right when we moved in, the place was still a disaster. Liz and Alex and I got excited about something and we were like, woohoo, it's going to be great. And Liz like did this like excited kick and she like kicked over the grease trap and it instantly started to smell and we were all like oh no so yeah we have lots of moments like that sometimes <laughs> some yeah sometimes she thinks about him sometimes she goes kiki bow and knocks uh, something over it does too it smells um, it smells like it smells like death death oh the closest oh thing God. that i can imagine yeah okay all right i think we did it so now we take this off air and decide how we're gonna take over the world with gluten-free gravy let's talk about it let's do it you want to do it on the air or off we can do it on you want to hear how deal comes together let's do it yeah what's your what's your minimum uh minimums we honestly have very very small minimums i have two 100 gallon kettles and i have a 36 gallon kettle oh that's totally yeah so if you were like i want to be a little conservative who knows what's going to happen here because also i would think we do make some other gravy not gonna lie and um inferior gravy inferior gravy wait wait a second i shouldn't say that hold on i shouldn't say inferior gravy i'm sorry this is for entertainment purposes only i'm lacing (laughs) it into the comment are all my babies i love them all um so so i i know you know this but i'm just telling people listen so i'm a co-packer which means we make yes we make google animals but we make stuff for a bunch of other people a lot of stuff that we can talk about marty's for example we make the barbecue sauce right but then a lot of stuff also we have confidentiality agreements so Anything that gets into specifics, we'll do off the air, like specifics about recipe, things like that. But uh, as far as minimum goes, we have a 36-gallon kettle. We'll run it at half. Um, You're not going to have a problem with 36 gallons, honestly. No. But I understand it at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. a truck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say um, the good thing is you guys have a brand. I mean, Mm. people love you, and I don't think there's any scenario where people do not buy your gravy. Yeah. The negative thing, though, that I always want to be upfront with is you want it to be shelf-stable, it's gravy. What's, like, the base of a gravy? So uh, we use brown rice flour and um, either butter or earth balance, depending on if it's the vegan option or the beef gravy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, that's how we would have to work. I'm, I'm assuming we would have to work with your people to, like, shelf tune sti- in the recipes, shelf stability. And, shelf stability yeah. is going to be the thing because yeah. it's going to require some sort of acidifier or right. stabilizer or something. And you are going to be like, Totally no. You're going to be like, nope, 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 that doesn't belong in my gravy, but it's not going to be shelf stable. Yeah. I think right? that's the only thing that's kept us from having this conversation so far is yeah. just like the blowout recipe and how we get to, because we certainly want somebody to come here, get poutine, and then go to Wegmans and buy it off the shelf and have the same experience. So yeah. how do we do that and how what's that process of tuning it all in? So I'm sure it's very 
approachable because you are very successful and I'm sure you know how to get us from point A to point B. First of all, I don't know about very successful. It depends on what time of day. Um, <laughs> Your wife would say you're very, Ryan would say you're very successful. Would she? Would she? Yeah. She's the last person, I think. <laughs> She's, she would say what, you were supposed to take out the garbage before you left the house today. Uh, so that the hump is going to be that. It's going to be shelf stability. It's going to yeah. be, we're going to have to put something in it. Mm-hmm. Acid, uh, and it sounds so bad too. You go, oh, we got to put acid in your gravy, but citric acid, lactic acid, Sodium acid sulfate's another one, um, like glucona delta lactone. I know, right? Mm -hmm. But these are things that will knock down the acidity because it sounds like your product's not very acidic. It's not. Right. So we have to make it acidic. So um, it might be, it's it's, going to have to experiment with it a little bit. I might, to be honest with you, what I might do is take a little bit if that's okay, add some some acidifier to it, um, and then see what it does we need to see i should have brought a ph meter with me honestly Hmm. because i'll know as soon as i take the ph how high it is how much it's going to take and if it's over a certain amount it's going to take a ton then it's going to kill the flavor in which case it'd be like we need another solution yeah um we use a base too so there might be some acidic properties in that mm, anyway i'll take i'll take a look yeah Yeah, we can we can talk about that off but this is how the sausage is made people (laughs) yeah 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 but i think that the biggest the biggest there's two biggest things are quality we already talked about right Mm -hmm. but also your brand what sets you apart too right when it comes to retail like people need to see it know it recognize it Mm -hmm. i'll say with gravies we have experienced some seasonality with gravy sure you're year round or at least here you're year round but the gravy we make is certainly a fall item. Sure. The, you know, it's like, boom, gangbusters. But then it'll fall off a little in the summer, you know. And then as yeah. soon as Labor Day hits, it's like gangbusters gravy again. Yeah. But And that um, could be a packaging thing, too, I would assume. Like, writing the applique, like, this is what you do with it to put it on fries. Or this is how we use it yeah. at our place and things like that to try and get away from that. Yeah. Yeah, that's another whole thing is making your label and right. you already have a logo and everything and a color scheme. But which what is are you gonna, pretty tight. But what do you, you get, basically you get like three parts of a label. You get your front, which is going to say Le Petit Poutine. It's going to have, the other side's going to have all your legal shit. That's mm-hmm. going to be your nutrition panel, ingredient statement, all that. Right. Then the other side is full creative. It's like Just whatever you want to Ronnie in my face. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but part of like, you know, we were talking about energy and people involved and we, with the rebrand, we uh, brought in a friend of ours that uh, helped us design all of it. And he created a whole package of information that's like, here's how to use it on social media. Here's some extra. So like just a package of really awesome different graphics and things. So we yeah. have a, we have a bucket of amazing things to pull nice. from and things that people haven't even seen yet. I mean, we have such cute slogans on the shirts here, you know, um, thick fries save lives and curd is the word. And we have so many others like in our pocket that we're just waiting to drop. So come in and get these shirts cause they're gonna go, go, go. These are collector's items. All right, let's go. Let's go off. Let's talk gravy off the air. Yeah, let's do Let's do the off the air version. Thank you for doing this, by the way. This has been so fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.